produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. (laughs) It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what we need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is Kylan and not Eric, but Derek. Say what? Hey. Not Eric, but Derek, um, who's filling in for Eric, because Eric's not Derek, and Derek's not Eric. And I think I Take got Eric add a D and you get me. Oh my gosh. I, I think I got I think I got one more in, to work in there somewhere based on the text we had going back and forth yesterday. <laughs> Isn't that right, Derek, not Eric? <laughs> there we go. That's right. <laughs> How's everyone doing? I'm good. I'm good. Oh, all right, all right. I'm a little confused because it's it's the wrong night, wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> and there's one extra person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Or or we have the wrong person from uh, Geek Watch One on that too. <laughs> or maybe night. the right one. Oh. Ooh. What? Gala dropped. <laughs> was that was, was that mic drop? Because I really didn't mean for it to be one. <laughs> I don't think that was a mic drop. I think that was a whole thing of armor being dropped. I don't think you, I don't think you dropped the mic. I think you threw it at Ken. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. On that note, <laughs> um. Derek's on a Derek. There I go. Yeah, yeah. There we early. <laughs> Eric's on assignment. Um, apparently having to put a new decking on. Um, oh, what's his name from the other base? The tw- the clone twins. Or are you triple- talking about the uh, Koenigs? Koenigs, yes. Apparently, the Koenigs needed a new deck, so he's over there helping him with that. Well, that is a big job, so. Yeah, they, they <laughs> apparently couldn't cut, so um, on that note, uh, how, how about we start off with this? Well, first off, if you've been looking for where to get our hockey jerseys, baseball jerseys, stuff like that, uh, that site should be going live within the next week or two. I will have the link updated on the website, but check out our other affiliates that are listed there on um, MightyMarvelGeeks.net and... And I shall also have the previous shows, which 
are on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and anywhere else you have podcast. You l- might listen to podcasts. Uh, also updated over on MightyMarvelGeeks.net. It's just been crazy at work. So, uh, speaking of work, Marvel Superhero Land details are finally revealed for Disneyland because Disneyland can have it and we can't here in Florida due to Universal owning the theme park rights or most things Marvel. But in California, uh, work has begun on a Marvel-inspired superhero land that will launch in 2020. And the first details regarding what the new park extension will contain have finally surfaced. Coming from Walt Disney New World News Today or WDW News Today. And we know how reliable they tend to not be. Because usually they're off by a year or three. Uh, so they say 2020. I'm actually going to say maybe 2021. Okay. Um, they have shared the initial wave of reveals for the upcoming Marvel Land as well as its poster which definitely gets fans of the franchise excited for what's to come i don't know if we talked about this once before or not did we talk about this on weeby geeks right yeah i believe we did yeah so what we're seeing in the poster or what you see on site is walls labeled with the stark industries logo uh, and they're blocking off the area that used to be it's tough to be a bug uh, which is a theater which has little stingers that hurt the back if you sit in the wrong spot in those on those ah, benches i hated that first time i did it i got hit right on the spine i did too talking about sliding forward on that bench and crumpling like you couldn't walk Let's just say there were some children in that theater that learned some new swear words that day. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's still here in Florida. I kind of almost wish they would revamp it as well. Mm -mm. They could easily turn it into History of Ants with Ant-Man. Yeah, that would be. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, apparently it's tough to be a bug will become an interactive Spider-Man attraction, which will give guests their own web shooters. Uh, it's apparently based on something 3d. So it's expected to feel a lot like a Marvel version of toy story mania. I think we mentioned, I think we mentioned too, maybe it might be similar to the game or to the ride from star Wars land where you get out of the vehicle halfway through Mm. and shooting around. Uh, the Spider-Man ride will lead in t- into the entire Avengers section of the park, which will stretch back towards uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Uh, from there, there will be several different rides, shops, and attractions based on the, the MCU, one of which will likely be a Doctor Strange show experience. And by looking at the poster... Um, Sanctum Santorum. Uh, the restaurants in the area could possibly include a counter service dining option as well as an Ant Man themed microbrewery. Because uh, if you look closely at the poster, you see a giant soda can or beer can in the background. Ah, yes. Um, all of these are included in the first phase of Marvel Land, uh, and there are plans for an entire second phase as well. Uh, thus begin with some sort of design featuring the Quinjet and a massive Avengers e-ticket attraction, which is expected to be a roller coaster. Unfortunately, details regarding specifics have yet to be revealed. Um, I have not checked 
which I'm going to do now, uh, the Disney Parks blog to see if they make any mention of this as well. Uh, why don't I do it this way? Marvel. Um, let's see. First story up. Captain Marvel joins epic line of superheroes aboard Disney Cruise Line. Okay. Um, yeah, they're not, they're not listing anything about, um, the parks. So this is just WDW News Today being total speculative, which we know their facts may be right, but their timing is off. Which is interesting. Because, well, no, Kylan should remember when, uh, Eric wasn't with us then. And it was before the creation of you guys, the field agents, where we just totally destroyed them about rumors of the Guardians of the Galaxy coaster. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, it's shutting down. In tw- uh, Universe of Energy shutting down in 2016. Uh, uh, we, no, yeah. 2017, you were off by a year because I went through and was like, uh, I worked there and have heard nothing. <laughs> and something like that, I would have heard. So, I mean, we knew it was coming, but not when they said it was happening. So, yeah, we have fun with that. <laughs> Needless to say, <laughs> trust them 30% of the time. They they have facts right. They don't have timing right. So, no. that's all I'm going to say with that. But, speaking of timing, speaking of news and facts, um, this actually comes to us a little bit from, oh, Pepper Potts herself. So, well... Interestingly enough, um, speaking of which, so Avengers 4, a movie I think we're all pretty excited for. I know I am. Uh, especially since, uh, interestingly enough, there hasn't been too many leaks that have come out. Uh, they've been able to keep the vault closed, which, yeah. is, which is impress- and very impressive. But one of the characters that have received some attention through behind-the-scenes looks is, of course, Pepper Potts, played by Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, And uh, she she, uh, got everybody buzzing when she posted an image during filming that featured her in a mocap suit. Ah, very interesting, very interesting. What could that mean? Well... Uh, it, that led many people to believe that she would be suiting up in Avengers 4 in some capacity. And, of course, there is precedence for this in the comics because Pepper Potts uh, gets her own Iron Man-esque suit known as Rescue. Yeah. And the theory recently gained traction when some toy designers appeared to show a new purple Iron Man armor for a female character. So, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow uh, ended up sending out an Instagram post of her in a what looks to be a suit of armor of some sort. And it's a little hard to tell, but I think it might actually be purple, yes. So it looks like Gwyneth Paltrow will be playing Pepper Potts, who will be donning the rescue armor in Avengers 4. Mm. Uh, interesting. Very interesting. That, so that's kind of a, that's a fun bit of news there. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I think so. I mean, um, I mean, it, it was kind of hinted at her, you know, getting into her own armor in, was it Iron Man, Iron Man 3? 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, Iron Man. So, you guys, did she, did she actually get into an armor or? No, yeah. it rescued no. her. Yeah, it rescued well, her. Well, yeah. Tony, Tony throws the armor around her when the home's right, being attacked yeah. at the beginning. Right. And then um, 
she puts on part of it near the end, doesn't she? Yeah, I thought she did. Like, uh, if like I remember arm? correctly, yeah, she does have the arm on, and she was firing a repulsor blast, if I remember correctly. Um, also, I think, again, I could be wrong on this, but I... I seem to have a vague memory of them of uh, the scene in uh, Infinity War where Doctor Strange comes to get Iron Man, where there might have been a quick, brief mention of her getting her own armor. Yeah, like a, like an offhand comment. Mm-hmm. I believe there was. So, so it is kind of cool to see that it's actually going to happen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because I like I in Avengers way overdue. I think so too, and I like that we know in Avengers four there's basically the uh, original Avengers are left, uh, but we also know uh, like Ant Man, he's he's caught in the microverse, and uh, now we see that we could be getting a rescue as an additional hero. So yeah, right. It's, uh, it's all coming together quite nicely. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> to, to quote, oh, the, I can't wait to, to quote the the great man. Love it when the plan comes together. <laughs> yes. So on a side note, on a side note, I would just like to say, which you know, technically, isn't that a Marvel property? Because didn't Star do uh, an A Team series? I don't remember. That is a good question. But you know what? While while you move on to who else might be actually getting a series or film of their own, I'll look up eighteen. Well, I can certainly do that. Uh, so yeah, so we're uh, we the Hawkeye <laughs> film or miniseries that's in development may feature Kate Bishop. Uh-huh. Ooh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So and actually, this is really interesting because it kind of it kind of opens up to something opens up something that we we saw that maybe I think we discussed maybe a month a month and a half ago. So, but I'll get into that in a bit. So, now this is from MCU Exchange. Uh, so, now, mind you, this is a rumored miniseries that's in development. Um, now, we heard rumors that there was a, that they're also preparing a series that's focused on Nick Fury. Um, and, I mean, we also know that we're expecting to see Black Widow probably somewhere around 2020. Uh, but uh, those aren't the only two shield agents that's going to get to see the screen because uh, we're expecting to see Hawkeye but like I said it'll be Kate Bishop and not uh, Clint Barton um, and here's something interesting because I think we're also expected to see Clint show up as Ronan mm-hmm. and that, now mind you that's a rumor but it seemed like that's something that we saw based on uh, what his costume looked like it was going to be for Avengers 4 we don't know for sure on that but mind you this is all speculation but now, uh, now uh, uh, according to the article unlike the Nick Fury rumor they uh, seem to have uh, uh, some more info to go uh, towards the Hawkeye project. So they said it was it will go it will focus on Jeremy Renner's Clint Barton training a successor, and it also seems likely that uh, it will be a well-known character from the comics. So the obvious choice is Kate Bishop. Um, Catherine Langford was recently revealed to have a role in Avengers Four. And many believe that it could be that she's taking over the role of Kate Bishop. 
now there are and there are also hints of a new generation of of Avengers that's coming up. Uh, that will be coming up from Avengers Four. Uh, so this is this would be an interesting choice. And uh, for those of you who maybe don't know a lot about Kate Bishop, or if you're super curious. Matt Fraction ran a had a f- fantastic oh, run, yes, fantastic run on um, on uh, Hawkeye uh, that featured Kate. And I would suggest doing yourself a favor, picking up the entire series because it's awesome. And now, uh, and so now, uh, Renner loves playing Hawkeye. Uh, but if we're looking at uh, at looking at him training a new Hawkeye, or if we're looking at him dropping the 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 mantle of Hawkeye to become Ronan, uh, this this is all this all lines up perfectly. Uh, and hopefully, I'm hoping that it is more than just a rumor. Uh, the only thing is, I don't. It doesn't seem like we have a time frame on this, so we're definitely going to need to keep our eyes uh, peeled to see what comes up next from this yeah it, i would think if it happens it'll be in around or shortly after the launch of disney play yes mm, quite so possibly you, yes so you could see it more as a mini series that are well yeah it would well, be it, a if it goes like as a mini series yeah to potentially lead to her being in a film which avengers 5 west coast avengers maybe uh yeah because she i mean she's she's leading the west coast avengers now i'm sorry mike but i think if they're gonna branch out with the avengers they're gonna have to do like avengers detroit or something like that great lakes avengers there's the great lakes avengers and no we don't want i think that will i think that will have to come before west coast avengers i mean you know you got to move to the midwest before you go west i'm just saying you know it's just just well going back to the uh 18 Uh marvel comics from 83 to 84 released an 18 title which ran for three issues I thought I remembered that. So technically, the A team is a Marvel property. Oh, it's now and it's now under IDW. As it turns it out, yep. yes, it is now. As it turns Are, out, I I actually have those three issues, <laughs> and I didn't realize it until I saw the cover. Uh, due to huge popularity of both the comics and the show, uh, information lists this as a three issue mini is probably accurate. Uh, the Marvel series was sold individually, then sold in packs. One pack containing the first two issues the next all three each pack was sealed in a transparent bag featuring marvel's logo and a picture of spider-man marvel then released the series in a trade paperback called the a-team storybook okay uh the writers were marie severin jim salakrup and alan cooperberg uh, the artist was Marie Severin, Jim Mooney, Joe Giella, and Alan Kruperberg. So uh, I do not have any info on the editors for this for Marvel. I thought – I seemed like I remembered because uh, I looked out and I got I got Daredevil Man Without Fear in one of those uh, collected packs like that. And I remember seeing the 18 one and I was just like, no. Not that I was anti-18, but it just didn't seem like it was going to have the level of action that I was wanting. So, you know. Right. Well, since we now know what happened with the 18 comics, what happened to the New Warriors TV show? That is an excellent question. Exactly one year ago today. Oh, wow. Uh, at the oh. time of recording, um, not from a Beatles song. Um, 
Marvel TV and Freeform, both Disney-owned companies, uh, released a joint statement revealing the new Warriors TV series would no longer be airing on Freeform. Nearly 18 months ago, Freeform had initially announced that they have ordered the Kevin Beigel Beagle-led show straight to series with a 10-episode order. Weeks later, the entire cast was announced uh, with This Is Us star Milana Vantrub, also yeah. also oh, on yes. AT&T Girl, too, right? Yep, yep, that was her, yeah. Um, and Big Daddy alum Derek Thieler as Squirrel Girl and Mr. Immortal. Um, the show uh, went the length to begin production and film a pilot, which tested very well. And this is when things start to get a little murky. Dun, dun. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the Hollywood Reporter reports uh, express, expressly that the pilot was very well received. In fact, it tested through the roof and caught the attention of high-level Disney executives. The Hollywood-based trade then goes on to explain, however, that Marvel essentially asked for the show back so they could shop it around to other networks. And that's the last we've heard anything about New Warriors. <clears throat> right. So exactly one year ago, as... The exciting new property was set in the MCU, seemingly entered purgatory, um, which is where it exists today. Um, there may be some new steps that the show could take. Uh, at the time, it seemed like there was a slight possibility that the new Warriors could be a play for the new Disney streaming service. Uh, but that seems less and less likely, especially now that Marvel Studios head, um, is said to be producing several miniseries instead, uh, for the service. Just one, that's just one service though. There are plenty of opportunities out there, right? Um, well, no. Not really. In the same report, THR reported that sources have informed them that the House of Mouse is no longer allowing Marvel Television to sell shows to outside companies. So that leaves major players like Netflix from the equation. And unless the company has a change of heart, unless the show land back on Freeform, uh, the Disney-owned properties are getting pretty thin. Without Freeform in the mix, really the only two viable options would be ABC or Hulu, um, which is a streaming service in which Disney owns a huge, healthy chunk of. Mm-hmm. Um, now, these options seem also seem less and less viable. And, of course, that's because of the Disney-Fox merger. Or mm-hmm. if that deal closes, uh, which is actually more like when that deal closes, that will open right. up a whole plethora of options for, for Disney. Not only will Marvel TV have access to cable networks like Fox, eh, wrong answer, because we won't be <laughs> having anything to do with Fox, We'll have more access to cable networks like FX, FXX, FXM. Um, they will also own an overwhelming majority of Hulu, a place where they will be able to flirt with more adult themes. With the show having tested so well, uh, we we have to worry about it being on the shop. We don't... Th- 
Whether it's on the chopping block or not, probably not. It's just uh, Marvel was extremely excited about the property. And at this point in time, they want to see if there's a better place for it to land. Because right now, you look at Freeform, and it's mainly movies. There's no... Their original programming is practically gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So there's, this, there's still this distinct possibility that we may see the show land by this time next year. Uh, but where? Don't know. And... Um, I'm loving the comments on this, on this story. Uh, one person says, random thought. Maybe the testing for New Warriors was so good that Feige went to Iger and said, you know, we'd make a lot more if we made it this into a film. <laughs> so, yeah, don't know what to say about that, but... I just, I hope we do get to see it at some point because it yeah. sounds really interesting. You know, something else I would still want to see is uh, damage control. Yeah. Yes. But but there's still other things that me we might want to see. Well, now okay, now here's I have a question, uh, and I just want I want your guys' opinion on this. Like, is it is it possible to throw too much content at the streaming service? Mm. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. But I do think you don't want to throw too much at it too quickly kind of spread it out a little you know what i mean yeah um because you know if you have all these that are i mean these all have a limited run however long the episode the the seasons will be so in between that you'll need other stuff so and i think they're going to go and prove to dc that you know what we're still going to do it better do it right and yeah i mean because what truly has dc done titans one original show what kevin smith oh yeah, but two seasons of Titans. Remember now, because it, it got approved for a second season before the first season even started. Uh, I I'm, I'm really don't get the sense in that, but I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, see, here's the thing. The beauty of the of the Disney streaming service is you you got guaranteed diversification because you got your Star Wars fans, you got your mm-hmm. Marvel fans, and you got oh. your Disney fans. Which this house that's the trifecta. Okay, so you know you so you so you got all three right there. Uh, and you know, I'm based on something that I read about. I guess how the agreements were written with. Uh, uh, Netflix, you know, um, that like there was this question about, you know, because what was it a couple of years ago that they came out with saying they came out saying that there were going to there were not going to be no new heroes. Well, right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So 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 but then it was like, OK, well, Netflix is good because we got all this, you know, but now I'm starting to wonder because if with the rumors of of a of a go, of a, a uh, Moon Knight series and then you got you got rumors of um, maybe uh, them maybe doing something with Blade or doing something with. Mm-hmm. Ghost Rider, because of how popular Ghost Rider was on Agents of Shield, you know, I mean, you 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 spent the last couple of years kind of developing your base, and if all of a sudden you move you move the availability from one platform to another, and you put it at an attractive price, which I I I I, I Mar- Disney is is very business savvy. They're going to they, I, I I don't see them. You, I, I I see this being at um, a more af- affordable level than what we get with 
DC. Mm. I just do. Um, because we're talking about people who have who have families, who have kids who love Disney, and maybe they love Marvel, and you got people in the in that same house who also love Star Wars. So why risk why risk uh, alienating some people just so you can make a few more dollars? Whereas if you make it more uh, a, a more affordable, more accessible price range, everybody and their mom and their next door neighbor is going to jump in on it. That's oh, yeah. What well, that's like like um, I have you know I have some friends that have done the DC app because they're big DC fans and all that, mm-hmm. which is fine. But I have. I have not seen enough for me personally to want to get the DC app, but I'm already all in on the Disney, the Disney streaming because, because it's Disney, because it's Marvel, because it's Star Wars. I'm just, I'm already, there's no question. I'm already doing it. Exactly. I mean, there's, I, you know, that that was the thing I was telling, I was, no, I was talking to my wife about it and I said, you know, the thing is, it's a, to me, it's a struggle to even consider going not not i i'm too much of a, of a marvel fan to do it anyway but there's me not too. enough content there's not enough content to convince me as much as i like and i do like robin as a character and even if there was a, a nightwing story, sure right. that's not enough to bring me over right yeah you know it's almost too specialized whereas that is the one thing i can say about the disney streaming service is that it is not too specialized you know oh yeah definitely yeah, and you know, there's a lot. For me, it feels like there's a lot more potential with the Disney app, yeah. app than with the DC one. Yes, yeah. definitely. I mean, Titans, they're they're still releasing that what episode at a time, not the full season. I think so. Yeah. Or, or why? Or why not just go ahead and release it and let people binge? Yeah. See, that's the other thing. I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe Netflix spoiled me. But you know what? I, I <laughs> don't want. I don't want to sit there and have to wait thirteen weeks to get uh, to get the entire. Let's say season three of Daredevil or season two of Luke Cage. If if I can get the entire thing in one sitting, and I want to sit there and that's how I want to spend my weekend. All the better because I might just go back and do it again because I know there was stuff I missed the first time around. You know, I don't know. That's a, that's sort of like the beauty of a streaming service. It, you at least at least the way Netflix does, it and you know, and as a matter of fact, that's the way Amazon does it. You know, it, you know that series. Once you get that series, right. it's the yeah. whole thing. You know, right. Otherwise, I'm going to sit there and watch network TV. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. And who wants to do that? There, there's a couple. There's a few decent shows. I mean. Uh, oh, yeah. No, fair, there are. Yeah, there really are. Yeah. Uh, to, to be fair, uh, I am. I, I will say that. Um, and we have yet to talk about it on here. But uh, the, the gifted, the gifted is mm. the X Men series that we have waited for. That is a good series, yeah. It is a really good series. And in yeah. season two, season two has just has just been even better. Yes, well, and of course you also have Legion that's been on FX. I love Legion. 
Uh, Legion. I, I love it, oh. but it's a struggle for me to get through it. I oh, I eat it, it up. Second, the the second season was a little bit easier for me in the first season. The first season, I was just like, I I don't know what's real. You know, by the time I got to the second season, I don't know. Maybe I maybe my brain just went. But I kind of got, and I, I kind of had an idea of what was going on, and what was real, and what was in his head. But geez, well, you know, uh, first, I, first, that's one of one of my favorite shows now. First season, I had to watch in in groups. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just so I could get through. I, it. I get you. I get See, that you. that actually would be a show that would benefit from from binging. It it would because the the way some of those episodes end, you gotta try to hold on to that for seven days. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, yeah. Well, speaking of holding on to, um, there's a couple characters that we're we're holding on to, which at the moment this news makes you wonder where in the timeline this is gonna be. That's true. That yeah, actually, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Things, um, things that make you go, what? Oh, oh, huh? what? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason we mention it is because it has come out that Marvel heroes Falcon and Winter Soldier are teaming up for a potential limited series at the Disney streaming service. Mm. Mm. Uh, so this report has come exclusively from Variety. <laughs> And they have uh, announced that Malcolm Spellman has been tapped to write a series featuring the two superheroes, which is currently in development at the streaming service. Uh, it is the first of the proposed Marvel Limited series to find a writer. And, of course, Marvel and Disney declined to comment. So, uh, Falcon, played by Anthony Mackie, and Winter Soldier, played by... S- Sebastian Stan uh, have both appeared in multiple Marvel films, including Infinity War. Uh, And Winter Soldier, in fact, was a key character in the second Captain America film, uh, The Winter Soldier. Uh, and he became the Winter Soldier in the second film, but he actually first appeared in the original Captain America film in 2011 as Bucky Barnes. Falcon, of course, made his first appearance in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Uh, Now, Spellman has previously worked as a writer and co-executive producer on the hit Fox series Empire, and he wrote the screenplay for the feature film Our Family Wedding. Um, so sounds like he's perfect to write a superhero show. But anyway, <laughs> um, uh, this news comes out after r- the report that Marvel and Disney were prepping multiple limited series centered on characters from the Marvel Cinematic Universe who had yet to appear in their own standalone films. Uh, and I think we remember all that report coming out a couple weeks ago. Yep. Uh, in which, at the time, it was reported that characters like Loki and Scarlet Witch would also be the subject of their own limited series, which are expected to be around six to eight episodes, which is actually kind of perfect. Um, uh, unlike other Marvel shows like Daredevil and The Punisher, the series on the Disney streaming service will be produced by Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige 
who has headed up the MCU for years. They are also expected to have large budget budgets compared to other television products, uh, projects, excuse me. <laughs> and of course, this comes out after the sad news that Iron Fist and Luke Cage have both been canceled. <laughs> news on that coming up. Yes. So, uh, there you go. That could be interesting a little. Um, I liked seeing them uh, play off each other in Civil War. They kind of made a fun little pair there, a little fun duo. So uh, it could be an interesting series. Oh, yeah. But, again, as you mentioned, Mike, there is a question of when in the timeline this will be. Yeah, because right now, Falcon and Winter Soldier are just dust in the wind. So that'll be the whole series, them just blowing around in the wind across the world. <laughs> well, Kansas Kansas did kind of do a song about this. Yes, they did. Carry on, you Winter Soldier. I, I don't think that's how it went, but okay. Sure. In my mind. <laughs> In my mind, that's the way it went. We'll uh we'll we'll let you we'll let you have that one. Okay. Sure, why not? Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. What what he said. <laughs> oh my. All right. Oh, so, oh, let's say, uh, staying on the, um, uh, I guess, uh, Marvel series track. Bandwagon. But on the bandwagon, but we're going to jump over from, uh, from one streaming service to another. Um, okay, so if you guys, uh, so if you've been paying attention to anything in the last couple of weeks, uh, uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage are done. So after what uh, appeared to be a much improved second season of Iron Fist and a very awesome season, uh, uh, very awesome cliffhanger ending, and also after a very interesting uh, ending to second season of Luke Cage, both got canceled pretty much <laughs> within a week of each other. Uh, Luke uh, Iron Fist got canceled in the fall. Luke Cage got canceled. To, um, to also quote, and, surprise, surprise, surprise. Yes, yes. And so now um, that leaves concern about Daredevil and Jessica Jones, which really we let let's throw Punisher in there too, because Punisher, I believe, has just completed its second season. Well, filming mm-hmm. it anyway. Um, now, but uh, now this is an article from Geeky Tyrant, or Geek Tyrant rather, dot com. And according to a report from Business Insider, there are signs that these shows could be in trouble. Um, so, uh, so the news, uh, going from the article, it says that a, a news outlet was provided data from the consumer insights company Crimson Hexagon, and that the data shows that social media buzz for all four shows has dropped dramatically over time. It's explained that since Netflix doesn't release viewership numbers, social media data is one of the best alternatives to find out whether these shows have legs to stand on, which to me is kind of weak because I love these shows, but I'm not going to sit there and tweet about it. I'm Mm. not going to sit there. You know, I may say something on Facebook occasionally, but I, you know, I don't know. But so that apparently that's what they're going with. So the data points out that, uh, 
When Luke Cage first premiered in 2016, there were over 300,000 Twitter and Instagrams posts regarding it. That number took a huge dive when season two premiered with less than 50,000 posts. The Iron Fist went from 120 posts on Twitter and Instagram in its first season to less than 20 with its second. And these were considered big drops, but Daredevil and Jessica Jones weren't as dramatic. Uh, Jessica launched at 300,000 posts, uh, but they were cut in half uh, once the second season hit. Um, let's see. Now, Daredevil uh, started out at uh, 275. Uh, second season hit, it was at 275,000 uh, 275, to 200,000. And then season three dropped to 75,000. Um, it goes on to say using social media as a way to read the ratings of these shows is interesting. Uh, you can definitely see the interest in these shows dropping, but the rating may only be the reason why Luke Cage and Iron Fist were canceled. There were report, uh, were, uh, may not be rather the only reasons why. Uh, there are reports of creative differences that play a part in the cancellation of Luke Cage. So it is going to be interesting to see what happens here in the next uh, week or so since uh, with Iron Fist being, I mean, with Daredevil having season three out, having been out for, I guess, a couple of weeks now. So, yeah, so that's where we are. Um, uh, I think we're going to find after Punisher is released later this year. They're going to come out and say Punisher, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, all canceled. That way, one, we're going to get Heroes for Hire on Disney Play. And two, they could just make it easier to move everything else over to Disney Play. Do you think okay. it's going to be a? Do you think it's going to be Disney Play or is it going to be Hulu? Mainly because of the 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 level of the 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 level of content in these shows. They're definitely a little bit more I th- mature. I think Luke Cage, Iron Fist, aka Heroes for Hire, is going to be a little bit more um, light, light-hearted, like the book. Yeah. Mm. So we'll see it on Disney Play. Uh, Punisher, Jones, um, Daredevil, maybe start off over on on Hulu, but let's see what they're offering on on Disney Play. Now, how how intense? Because I'm sure there's got to be some adult content on there. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be something to help help cover that. Yeah, because I mean, I mean the um, the John Favreau Star Wars series, The Mandalorian, that sounds more adult oriented. Yeah, this sounds like something that would potentially be more Hulu than Disney Play, but it's going to be on Disney Play. Right. Now, I'm kind of surprised that they haven't already made any announcements about Jessica Jones. Like, I get because Daredevil just came out, so obviously they're not going to say anything about Daredevil. Right. And Punisher Punisher is coming out, so they're not going to say anything about Punisher, but I'm surprised they haven't said anything about Jessica Jones yet. Well, because they just fin- Jessica Jones, I believe, is close to or has just finished filming its third season. Oh, okay, okay, I see. Yep. So we're going. Uh, so we know. Uh, so we are definitely getting a season three of Jessica Jones and a season two of Punisher. Hmm. So we we are getting that. Um, what happens after? I don't know. Right. Yeah. Well, um, if we can quickly, let's let's talk about a little comic news. Oh, uh, sure. 
Um. Oh well, you know, there's a there was an interesting story that came out. Now this was on the 27th of October. This came out. Uh, and this is uh from uh comicbook.com. It seems that Marvel has retconned. And that's uh, every comic fan's word. Retconned <laughs> uh, Juggernaut's origin. This one blows my mind. Yeah. So, uh, so now Juggernaut has always been a enemy of the X Men, um, and he's pretty much unstoppable. You know. Um, but now it says that uh, we have the, we may have a reason, a true reason as to why he is as powerful as he is. And uh, so this is uh, directly from the article. Uh, it has been long known that Kang Marco became the juggernaut, an av- the avatar of the demon god Sidorak on Earth, when he stumbled upon a cave shrine housing the crimson gem of Sidorak and took it as his own. As long as Marco has the crimson gem, he is infused with Sidorak's rage and power, making him unstoppable. Now, X-Men Black reveals that the crimson gem may amplify Kang Marco's rage, but it is not the source. The issue delves into Kang's psyche, both literally and figuratively. Sidorak has become disappointed with Marco's performance as his avatar. Priests of Sidorak hold the juggernaut prisoner while they force him to relive moments from his past. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> so so, uh, so at this point, Juggernaut is starting to kind of relive his past. Uh, he realizes that um, as he's being tortured, that none of this is, none of it is actually real. And he begins to fight against it. And Sidorak uh, appears before Juggernaut to challenge him. Meanwhile, a young boy, a specter of who Kane Marco once was, appears to Juggernaut. He reminds him of the unloved little boy who was locked away in a closet and abused by those who should have protected him. Uh, Kane Marco has repressed his rage for a long time. Sidorak sees this as Kane holding out on him. Juggernaut realizes that his deep-seated rage is where his power truly comes from and taps into it, using it to defeat Sidorak and free himself from the priest's mind trap. So, uh, so, um... So so when he when this happens, it restores uh, Sadarak's faith in Kane Marco, and and Kane uh, leaves as a juggernaut. Um, but he does he no longer wants to be under Sadarak's thumb. Um, so it seems that the the essence of this child continues to travel with Juggernaut now, and uh, and they remember something the priest said about there being eight gems. So. So it seems like that uh, within the X universe, there is something similar to the uh, Infinity Gems. So what we find out is not only is he powerful because of all this, you know, the 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 I guess the blessing that he's getting from this demon, but he has some deep seated rage of his own, and that's what he's used as uh, what he's used to fuel his power. So yeah. I learned something. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hate to do this to you, Kylan, but since you got the MU pick, why don't you lead us off with your picks of the week, your first pick. Okay, my first pick is, uh, hold on. And, and I'll be honest with you guys, I 
been waiting for this book mm. since the summer, okay? Um, so my first pick is uh, Marvel Knights, Marvel Knights 20, number one. Um, and I, 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 there was like, like literally like eight different covers of this book. <laughs> so, uh, so, so this is Marvel Knights 20th, number one. So yes, this is 20 years since the Marvel Knights. I mean, we, we talked about this. Uh, so this is brought to us by Donny Cates, Travel Foreman, and Jeff Shaw. Uh, in celebration of the legendary imprint founded by Marvel's chief creative officer, Joe Quesada, a new cry prop of talent stands poised to tell a groundbreaking story across the Marvel Universe. In this cemetery, a blind man does not know who he is or why he has come to this particular grave at this moment. He doesn't know the burly police officer with the wild story who has approached him or the strangely intense man who sits in the rear seat of the patrol car, his eyes flashing green. But all of that is about to change because Matt Murdock is beginning to remember. In a colorless world without heroes, the spark of light must come from the dark. There's, Interesting. There's also another thing a blind man doesn't do. Um, they, yeah, that's true. Although Matt probably tries to. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, Derek, why don't you go next with your first pick? All right. Now I had to laugh, Kylan, because of the huge paragraph that you just read. Because my first pick is Infinity Wars number five of six by Jerry Duggan and Mike Diodato. Um, And uh, here it is. Introducing Loki's Cosmic Avengers. And that's it. That's all she wrote. (laughs) Oh, man, they got paid by the word on that one. (laughs) I know, right? Well, my first pick of the week is Iceman number three. That's three of five. Uh, by Cena Grace, Nathan Stockman, W. Scott Forbes, Iceman, and his amazing friends, guest starring Spider-Man and Firestar. Iceman's on a blind date, but what's a superhero date without a mad villain to crash it? What's the Iceman to do but call his amazing friends? Mm-hmm. Uh, now I got that theme song stuck in my head. And you're welcome. <laughs> Not that that's a bad thing. But... I, I don't know which theme song you're talking about. <laughs> Spawn <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't it, was it? Ah, uh, uh, perhaps. Okay. Perhaps. Uh, Kylan, your second pick of the week. My second pick of the week is Shatterstar, number two of five. Uh, brought to us by Tim Seeley, Carlos Villa, and Yasmin Putri. Uh, with this simple act of violence, Shatterstar's life was turned upside down. Nothing makes sense anymore, except for a pair of double-bladed swords with more bloodshed. So much more bloodshed. <coughs> okay. Derek, your second pick of the week. Oh. <clears throat> Excuse me. First, let me just say, it's interesting that they brought Shatterstar back. <laughs> yeah. What could My... happen to him in uh, in Deadpool too? You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, my next pick is Immortal Hulk number eight by Al Ewing, Joe Bennett, and Alex Ross on the cover. Bruce Banner is dead. His corpse has been dissected. His organs cataloged, and his inner workings are being studied by the scientists of Shadow Beasts. Bruce Banner is no longer a threat. That just leaves the Immortal Hulk. That has been a very good series. Yeah. 
Well, my second pick of the week is Star Wars number 56 by Karen Gillian, Andrea Brocardo, and Jamal Campbell. The escape begins. After the disaster of hope dies, our heroes are on the run. Can they escape the patrols? No, they're trapped on a distant world. Where have they been abandoned? How can they possibly survive? Read the book. Ah, I was hoping you were going to tell us. Nope. (laughs) So, Kylan, you're... My last, my final pick of the week is As Guardians of the Galaxy number three. See, I did that one, two, three kind of thing. That was fun. (laughs) So, uh, so, and that's uh, brought to us by Cullen Bunn, Mateo Mateo Lolly, and Del Kim. Storm of the Dead. Nebula unleashes a Thor of Nightmares. Hordes of Asgardian dead ravage the Shi'ar Empire. The galaxy is falling to Nebula and her Nagafar Armada. And so far, Angela's ragtag team is powerless to stop her. But there is a debt to be paid and lives to be saved. The Asgardians of the galaxy grow desperate as Nebula carves a bloody path to her revenge. Okay. Nice. So, Derek, your final pick. My final pick is Doctor Strange number seven. Stephen Strange, I'm sorry, by Mark Wade, Javier Pina, and Kevin Nolan. Stephen Strange is back on Earth, and he knows how to build his own arsenal. He'll need it. His troubles continued growing while he was gone, and while he's using magic to solve them, he'll need it to fight himself. It's Doctor Strange versus Doctor Strange. Well, my final pick is a number one, uh, Star Wars Han Solo Imperial Cadet. Number one, one of five. Young Solo's adventures continue. Han Solo escapes Corilla by joining the Imperial Navy, vowing to return for Kira. But how does a thief used to the chaos of the streets adjust to the order and discipline of the military? Not well. Han's dream of becoming a pilot is quickly grounded as he realizes he may not, he may not even survive basic training. Interesting. So this is going to... Sounds like it's going to fill in that gap that's missing from the time he joins to the time we see him as a mud trooper in Solo, a Star Wars story. That's true. So Very cool. So this is maybe where we see Tag and Bink return. That'd be awesome. So, um, so Kylan, what do you got for us for the MU pick for this week? Well, in light of um. In light of me completing uh, season three of Daredevil, I decided I would go with the first appearance of Bullseye. And Double. that is uh, as Daredevil number 131. Uh, and uh, this was brought to us by... Let me see. All oh, oh, that is... Okay, here we go. Oh, you know what? So that source didn't have it, but my other source does. Because I want to make sure that we're giving proper... Or as my... Uh, Old, like my eighth grade science teacher used to say, he wants to give credit where credit is due. <laughs> so, all right. Um, letterer is Joe Rosen. Artist was Bob Brown. Uh, another artist is Klaus Jansen. Editor was Marv Wolfman, and the colorist was Michelle Wolfman. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Very so. So, and here's the synopsis. So Matt is called upon to investigate a slumlord who turns out to be Heather's father. Heather is a secretary at a place called Storefront Legal Services that he and Foggy are working at right now. 
because uh, apparently Nelson and Murdoch isn't a thing anymore, at least at this moment. Uh, he gets sidetracked, however, when an assassin with a impeccable aim and a desire for publicity kills a man as an example for drawing Daredevil into a very public fight. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. That's pretty awesome. And I like it. Seems like a, it seems like a really good one. I'm definitely going to have to read to see what the uh, what they kept and what was different from mm-hmm. the TV series. Yeah, it reminds because, you know you, you can't go wrong with the first appearance of Bullseye. Oh sure. no, no. Uh, remind people one more time what the book is. Uh, that was uh, Daredevil number one thirty one. Awesome. Thank you. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts? Ah uh, no, I can't. I, I don't. I can't think of anything right now. I have something. Uh, actually, it's what we we kind of were talking a little bit about this before the show, uh, Kylan. But uh, going back to the Spider-Man video game. Yes. Um, I I know you haven't played the DLC yet. Uh, I I have. Uh, I have beaten the game. I have played the DLC. And boy, Kylan, are you in for some fun. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the the DLC was kind of fun. Um, basically, it gives you uh, a little bit of the story with the black cat, which is kind of it's kind of a fun change of pace after the main story. Um, it's a little, it's a little kind of lighter and, and, um, you know, like you would expect from a black cat, but, um, it adds, of course it adds the three new suits, which are awesome and some new characters to fight and everything. But a lot of that's, and it adds a new, a new set of challenges with screwball. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, so it kind of ups the difficulty a little bit. Like now it has, um, big guys with Gatling guns that you have to fight. Yes. Uh, but um, but it's fun, and it's basically it's more Spider-Man, so you really can't go wrong with it. Oh God, no, no, because I love that game. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes. I wish I could play that game. Well, you know, maybe it'll, maybe they'll move it over to PC. Who knows? I hope so. Mm, maybe. I hope so. PC I'm not is just hold my breath, but I'm not either. But PC is just as strong, if not better. Mm, disagree. <laughs> I'll let you have it this time. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I I highly recommend if you enjoy the Spider-Man game, I highly recommend the DLC. The first part well, is great. All right, cool. Well, yeah, I'm I'm loving it. So heck yeah. Oh yeah. Awesome. Yeah, you'll enjoy it. Well, any other final thoughts? That's all I got. That's all I got. Then there's only one thing left to do. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, just time to go dark.